Thanks for sticking with us here as we're going to be talking Washington Commanders, some OTA action. Curtis Samuel on the sideline again. JDR just dusting it up with his comments. Uh, All that's going to be with our guest today from 106.7 The Fan, The Junkies, and also author of Still Barking. Welcome to the channel, a friend of the channel, JP Flame from The Junks. Thanks, uh, John Paul. It looks like you're muted uh because you definitely mouthed something there uh <laughs> but we didn't quite hear you oh. so oh still be, muted still 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 cannot hear you tech issues we're working so, on it i'm gonna assume this comment from ep here is not on uh on jp and it's his technical issues samuel. we're not we're not gonna cut him this is curtis <laughs> samuel she's ready to just absolutely can curtis samuel um yeah. Thanks. Uh, shout out Uh-oh. to DMV Sports Zone. We're gonna we'll let JP down, and we'll let him figure out some of those tech issues. He is wearing that Maryland thing. We'll have to get his take on that call. Um, so we'll see if he can figure out the tech issues, and he'll give us a thumbs up uh, or write it in the private chat when he does. Uh, shout out DMV Sports Zone. We love having you guys on uh, and uh, chatting up with you guys. Thanks for joining us here today. What do you guys make? Let's start with the. What do you want, Stoner? Do you want to start? Which which of the hot button topics do you think we should kick it off with? Can't bury the lead. You we have to talk about the JDR situation that that, that just blew up. I mean, there's there's no getting around. That's the biggest story. I mean, that made national news. That was all over the national uh, newspapers slash Twitter sphere out there. So we got to talk about JDR first, right? self-muted myself yeah it seems like we do have to talk about jdr um we do have jp uh sitting in the background here we're gonna pull him back up and see if if his mic issues were fixed they are not fixed (laughs) no try try going back he's he's gonna yeah he's gonna jump on his phone i could read his lips he'll jump on his phone and he'll be he'll be back in a little bit all right so let's, those, let's start. Yeah, for those who are not familiar with the situation, uh, which if you aren't, I I envy you. I really <laughs> I do. Know, right? I absolutely hate mm-hmm. people. I really do. People from JDR's John uh, Jack Del Rio tweeted out some things of a certain viewpoint that people disagreed with. Okay, stop me if I'm ever wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. Half right? the people disagreed with him. I wouldn't even say half. Yeah. I, well, the, the people who commented to it. People don't comment on Twitter by saying things like, yeah, you're right. That's not how Twitter works. Twitter works when people have to get on there to say mean things or to disagree with you. Right. That's what Twitter does. So, uh, so when I say half the people, agree with what he said and half the people disagree. I'm just using that in the broad context of Americans and his political views. Cause it's a political tweet. It was very political. Yeah. Right. So what did he say in his original political tweet? Because I think it's important to not kind of get things out of context or like some people I know kind of projecting on what he's saying rather than what he's actually saying. I didn't I project anything. I made a that. prediction for what's going to happen. Right. Which definitely said, different which, there, which when you did that, you discounted what I said based on what you think is going to happen. 
And that part I don't think is fair. All right. All right. So, so what here, here's some of these tweets. I'm going to gonna scroll in a little bit so that way people can see it. So here is it's one of the ones that, that people one. – I know this This is one of them. We're going to go down the in the reverse chronological order here. So Jack Del Rio says, uh, yeah, sure, with the Pinocchio emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a response to someone tweeting out, black people begging agents of the state to stop executing them, white men trying to overthrow the results of a democratic election and violently assaulting cops. Same thing, according to Dan Snyder's defensive coordinator. And that was right. because um, of his tweet, which I well, think was a, let's see here. Well, go back um, to the one where he says, uh, sure, whatever, because I think it it's attached to that one. It's attached to that one. So, um, um, yeah, so, yeah, here we go. So, Jack Del Rio had commented on a tweet that from Norm Eisen, as the 1-6 committee hearings draw near, we must understand the whole story of January 6th. In our new Brookings Gov report, we offer a guide including potential federal and state criminal charges for Trump and his allies. Mm-hmm. And Jack Del Rio tweets, would love to understand the whole story, in quotes, about why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and the destruction of personal property is never discussed, but this is Question mark, question mark, question mark, hashtag common sense. And then the Miles Grant comment was the one that people, uh, black people begging for agents. That was the one I previously read. So that was, that was the one that people got up in arms with, right? That's where this kind of all started snowballing last night. Right. And then how do you want to give your kind of take for that and how that, like, that, that you want to go into more of the facts of what happened, which was he was asked at training camp well uh, that that obviously brewed brewed up some controversy with people saying obviously he's he has a certain view of what happened on january 6th and a, a politically incorrect view whether i mean politically incorrect in what he's saying it, it may be a correct view in his mind it's his truth but he took a lot of heat for that and so during practice today ota practice today reporters on the scene asked him about that tweet and he doubled down in what he said and he called the january 6th uh situation whatever you want to call it based on your political view a dust up at the capitol and we all know it wasn't a dust up okay so that was so that certainly not a dust up that got the world spinning right that got the world spun up Let's see if we can uh, bring in JP. I think he looks like uh, he might be ready. Looks looks like he's he's ready and he All can right. add to the commentary here. We have audio. I'm nervous. Yes. We, there we go. We we in fact have some audio this time, so that's right, that's good. JP, thanks for jumping on here with us and and fighting through some of those technical difficulties that you had. Uh, I'll give you a note. I'm using the exact same things on the phone that I did on the laptop and yet the phone seems to be working. But look, I heard you guys talking about, I didn't know he became JDR. How long has Jack Del Rio been JDR? <laughs> yeah. That's a cool sounding name for a guy who's been a mediocre coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I think when he's become more popular and people are having to type out his name, they don't want to always type out Jack Del Rio. Yeah. So, Hey, let's just shorten it. 
Now you're tweeting about dust ups. You got to keep it short and simple. JDR (laughs) kind of fits a little bit better in a hundred and so many characters that you get for, for Twitter. But uh, I think um, when you guys were reviewing the tweets, you guys skipped over kind of his drunken tweet. I'm assuming he was drunk a couple weeks ago. His response when he threw in the old D's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) It was was bite D's. It was bite D's. D's. Something like that. Because somebody called him nuts. Because uh, I I think a lot of people actually kind of enjoyed that. I think people were kind of rallying behind and it was like, oh, I love that he's kind of open and honest with, you know, he's just kind of getting in there. I mean, he he was trying. He was he was defending John Allen and he went further, you know, did that in a different tweet where he defended John uh, John Allen in a lot more words than just bite D's. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I do think people enjoyed the bite D's and then it was kind of like a full 180 with these tweets where it went political. And of course, you know, there's the divide within this country and, and certain, you know, people didn't quite care for those. And of course, it's also the, the timing. Look, he's on one end of this political spectrum tomorrow night, eight o'clock. There's going to be a national show essentially about January 6th. Yeah. He's on the opposite side of the investigative committee. So he puts it out there. But I heard John Allen talk today about it. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't care about his views. I care about his preparation as a defensive coordinator. And I think that that's really how the fan base should feel. Now, we know people getting their feelings about politics. I know on our show, diverse opinions. Mm-hmm. We try and stay away from politics. Mm-hmm. It just is, It's not helpful. And I don't think Jack Del Rio is helping his cause, but if somehow he revives this defense and they're the number one defense in the league, the fans aren't going to care what he said. It's his opinion. You can disagree with it, but you're going to want to kind of have a defense that is flying around this great defense. And as John Allen said, don't care about his political views, care about what he does on his job. Yeah, that's also assuming that he's going to be here to coach that defense, right? That <laughs> this thing doesn't continue to blow up and cause him to to lose his job. I don't think this is job losing worthy, but also whether he's going to be able to last uh, six games with a with a terrible defense out there, he's going to be the scapegoat because partly because of his political views. It's it's. It's hard for people, I think, to understand. He stood up there in a Washington commander's coaching uniform and called the Capitol insurrection, riot, whatever you want to call it, called it just a little dust-up. And that doesn't look good, in my opinion, for the Washington brass to have a guy who represents them saying something like that that's politically incorrect. You are correct. You're absolutely correct. But it does seem like Ron Rivera, at least to this point, has his back. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's going to come down to job performance. But I totally agree with you. When I heard dust up, it's like, you know, people died. It was beyond dust up. Right. Yeah, five people people died, yeah. In the end, I keep going to it. It really is about production. Agreed. You You called them mediocre. Interesting. Um, We've been talking a lot about – Carson Wentz on the show and the defense. I'm wondering what your guys take is your expectations for this defense, because offensively they draft Dotson in the first round. They obviously make the big splash move, bringing in Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. but defensively 
they really didn't do much. They lost a couple guys, depth guys on the defensive line. They did draft Mathis, but what are your expectations for the defense? Expectations, I actually think they're going to be better. And and like you said, they really haven't done anything to the defense. In fact, they've lost more than they've gained in terms of impact players when you lose Collins, uh, Settle, and Ioannidis, and you only basically get Mathis to to cover that. But I don't think they have to be because they're not going to be facing Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, uh, who, who are the other guys they had, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert. They're not facing those guys. They're going to face Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Davis Mills, and Marcus Mariota and Jared Goff. So they're going to be playing the same type of quarterbacks that they played two years ago when they had a top five defense. So I think that bodes well for him. And then what Carson Wentz does is he's going to be able to sustain longer drives and be able to keep that defense a little bit fresher. Or how many times? What was it last year with Taylor Heineke and the first drive of the game? If you remember, I think they went 14 straight games that they didn't score on the first possession, or they went three and out, or whatever it was. I mean, they were in this this all time record territory of not scoring on the first possession, and that helps a defense maybe just a little bit. But I think it's going to be a much improved defense just simply based on who they're playing. I don't know about much improved, uh, <laughs> but I do think some of those points, like the, the offense improving, if the offense improves the way we, we're expecting it with Dotson and Wentz, uh, you know, then then I think that helps out the defense. I think that continuity is going to help, right? You got McCain, uh, now what is his third year with us? Uh, you know, that will help. He was kind of iffy at the beginning of the season started coming on a little bit better. Uh, Jackson was very similar. I think he was, people thought that he was way worse than what he actually was. So like, if you mm-hmm. actually go back, he wasn't actually that bad. I think that him, he, he'll have a good season this year. Hopefully Ben uh, St. Juice is, is going to be healthy. So I think that maybe not garbage bin, which is where, what they were last year, but you called Jack Del Rio mediocre and I think that this defense can be at least mediocre. I think that, you know, I wouldn't expect them to be in the, the 20 range, which I think is where they finished last year. I think that you're, you know, this defense has the potential to be top 15, mm. maybe not top 10, but at least top 15. All they have to do is improve a little, right, JP? I mean, they don't need to set the world on fire to be an improved team because they won seven games with a horrendous defense last year. You so make a good improve point. A little. You make a good point, particularly about the quarterbacks they face. I'm not as convinced as you two seem to be that the offense is going to be markedly better. Hmm. Remember, Logan Thomas is coming off an injury. We don't know when he's going to be available, so question mark a tight end. Sure. They lose a Pro Bowl guard in Brandon Sheriff. They lose another starter on the offensive line. I understand they bring in guys that they feel good about, but I'm going to guess it's a little bit of a step down. And then – the biggest question mark of everything is Carson Wentz. Sure. I would bet on him slightly that he's going to be better than what they've had, but two teams just got rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the season is going to hinge 100% on Carson Wentz and his ability to keep this offense moving and improve on the seven wins that a noodle arm Taylor Heineke gave you. So, I 
I mean, if he just plays average, if he's just an average quarterback this year and the defense is just average, with this schedule, I just don't see how everybody can't improve. They just have too many, uh, what's the right word? Not intangibles, but there's too many things that are not, that you can't really. The dominoes are lining up for. Yeah, they're lining up for the type of year. That this team when we uh, when we did the the schedule like going by, way too early, kind of breaking down the schedule on wins and losses, uh, I had and way, shout out DMV Sports Zone. It's fun, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we it's do it fun. on duckies all the time. <laughs> right. There are some people like Grand Danny that are anti. Yeah, it's fun. Sports yeah, it talk is. is supposed to be fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Predictions. That's yeah. right. And and my predictions, I predicted them to be a a paper. You know, like eleven and what is it? There's seventeen games now, so eleven and sixteen. Six? Mm. They're a paper oh, wow. eleven and six. That's that'd be um, that's even a little high for me. It'd be well, so, but here's the thing: is the losses again are going to be against good teams. They're going to rack up a lot of victories against these teams, like the Jaguars, the Bears, the ones that you expect them to beat, and you know they're going to, but they're going to lose to the teams that are are actual good teams and that there will probably be one and out in the playoffs, even at 11 and six. And so I, like I said, a paper 11 and six, but I think that they have, you know, at least on paper, the pieces are improving, right? Carson Wentz is better than Taylor. You like EB and you sing this song like every year, this optimistic, I love the weapons. <laughs> the schedule's terrible. Carson Wentz is going to have a great year. Or yeah. were you a guy who was pessimistic last year, optimistic this year? No, I'm I'm always optimistic in the, starting it out. I get ash burned every year. They they invited it. They invited us out to OTAs, uh, and we went. And it was just like just seeing just the difference. Like you could see the difference in quarterback play. Carson Wentz was airing it out. J- Dotson was grabbing everything, and it just looked good. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be great. I get mm-hmm. that it's June. I get that they're not wearing pads. Although apparently Jeremy Reeves did not get the memo that he shouldn't be straight up knocking people out. Um, but it's, again, it's just, this is the time for me to be optimistic as we get closer. That's where I start to put on my realism hat and, you know, start to real, you know, talk about where they're going to go. But, uh, and last year know. I got, I got ash burned. I'm usually pretty, <laughs> I'm usually pretty even that I can, right. I can look at things objectively, but in last year I went to training camp and I watched Terry McLaurin and Deami Brown just killing guys all day long during that practice, just killing them. And I'm like, Oh my God, this offense is going to be amazing. And it was Fitzpatrick at the time as well. Right. But, and I, and I admitted it maybe halfway through the year, I came on our show and I said, look, I got Ashburn and, and it happens to the best of us. Cause did usually I can for, be very objective. Did you fall for Terrell Pryor a few years ago? No, I was not a Terrell Pryor <laughs> guy. And that one handed corner of the end zone catch. Come on, get out of here with that. I know, I, a buddy of mine, uh, he's actually a friend of both Nathan and I, uh, Trevor Pedro. Shout out Trevor Pedro one time. Uh, he shot me a text right after that and said, I just drafted Terrell Pryor in like the <laughs> third round of his fantasy draft. And I'm like, what are you doing? It was one catch. But if you watch these guys up close, it's easy to get to be mesmerized by their amazing talent that they have, but you don't. And then you forget that the guys on the other team they get paid too, and they're they're doing everything they can to stop you or or score on you with their offense. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm a ten and seven guy. I think JP. I think you're a. Are you a seven and ten? 
I is that right? right? Even now, today? Sure. I'm not convinced that they're much better offensively. I do think Carson Wentz is going to be better than Heineke, but I'm just kind of guessing that Wentz is going to be similar to what he was in Indianapolis, which mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers was really good. But if you go beyond the numbers, he took over a team that was in the playoffs. They were worse. Mm-hmm. They decided to move on from him. So it doesn't all add up for Carson Wentz. And then I think we're kind of overlooking the loss at tight end, the loss of those offensive linemen. And then defensively, I'm certainly not convinced they're better. We also have the question mark here with Chase Young. When's he going to be back? When's he going to be ready? Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're going to be about the same. Maybe a little bit better quarterback play. And you make a good point about the schedule. But we know this team, they can pull off a win against the Packers and then they'll lose to the Lions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. DMV Sports Zone here with what is a successful season this year for Carson Wentz? I think it's playoffs. I think that there's pressure on both Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz to make the playoffs. Now, caveat successful year could be let's say the defense is atrocious, like really, really bad. Carson Wentz could put up numbers offensively where you're like, well, that's plenty good enough but the defense is just atrocious, mm-hmm. then you bring him back. I think a successful year for Carson Wentz, and this is not numbers. It's the team decides he is their quarterback moving, moving forward. And you just know it. You know what I mean? I have a feeling it's going to kind of be in the middle, kind of like what we saw in Indianapolis last year. But if he can return to what he was during his prime with the Philadelphia Eagles, well, then it's yeah. a no-brainer. They'll sign him to five years. Give him a hundred million dollars, whatever the heck you give him. That's actually yeah. cheap for a quarterback. <laughs> that's that's yeah. cheap, man. I'm, that's like that's that. wide receiver money right now. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's not QB money. That's wide receiver money. The uh, I you you keep bringing up the the failed kind of season in Indianapolis, and you're right. On on paper, you're looking at those stats: twenty-seven and seven, thirty-five hundred yards. You know, completion percentage in the sixties. You know, they low that 60s, looks. I think it was low sixties, like low. sixty-three. The uh, they definitely in a QB rating or QBR yeah. QBR what he was he was he was up there uh, but if outside of QBR if you look at a lot of those other advanced mm-hmm. statistics he is mid twenties uh, range which is not right. not very exciting I mean if you do if you're looking comparatively Taylor Heineke's worse so there there's at least that improvement there hmm. but I mean it it, it does kind of caution I'm, I'm the big nerdy stat guy right uh and so those are the things i look at so i'm that's where where i'm going to start to temper expectations with with carson wins and i think that you're right playoffs would be he needs to make the playoffs i think that he actually for himself he needs to and he's talked about this gaining back that confidence right so i do think he has to have some successful games and i was looking at the his game log for indianapolis there was never a game he actually had more turnovers than he did touchdowns. You know, there's a couple on there that he that he had he, he broke even. So again, on paper you're looking at it going, okay, that's really not that bad, you know. There was a couple definitely a couple clunkers in there, but we'll see. What now, let's talk about his help that he's going to get. You know, he had Taylor in, in Indianapolis, one of the best running backs in the league right now. Where do you think Gibson and the running attack finishes this year? Do you think he's going to get enough support from there? Because you're down, kind of down on the offense. No, I think you're going to get about what you got in the last couple of years. 
You're going to have J.D. McKissick out of the backfield, which is a good option. I'm sure he's going to put up his numbers. I'm guessing Gibson will probably be around 1,000 yards. They're now deeper. They drafted another running back, you know, so they're going to manage those carries. I think that they'll have a pretty solid running game. Will they have what he had in Indianapolis? No, because that guy is one of the best. But I think they're going to have a pretty good rushing attack. Yeah, and what about uh, the one the the X factor? I think in this entire offense for me is Curtis Samuel and his health. Did you find it today? Him being uh, sidelined today, as Ron called it, a rest day. I don't know why you need a rest day in June when you're only you know you're not even in pads yet. But did you find that a little bit alarming that Curtis Samuel needed a rest day already? A lot alarming. Yeah. Of course I did. Uh. You know what Curtis Samuel feels like? Now, it didn't end up working out. I remember we had this huge argument on the show a couple of years ago when Geis kept getting injured. And this yeah. is more all the drama with Geis. But when Geis kept getting injured, I was like, he's injury prone. And I think it was EB. Or like, how can you say he's injury prone? It's only happened once or twice. But then it kept happening. It's kind of yeah. like Steven Strasburg on the mound, right? He's coming mm. back tomorrow night. That's a great story. But would either of you guys bet he's going to make every start this season? No. No, because there's a history. So we have this history with Curtis Samuel. And I think uh, you make a good point. It's a rest day. I think they have until minicamp now. They're off, right? Why does he need today off? It's just a troubling pattern. And I don't want to besmirch the guy. You wonder if he has the want to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's G'd up. Is he one of these guys that if he feels a little tweak, he's not going to practice or play? Does he want to be out there? I don't know. I think they have next week is mandatory uh, mini camp. Correct. Right, next week. And then after that, there's nothing until training camp. I believe. I could be wrong on that. And I but... think the coaches, look, they're terrified. They want him on the field. They know that if they have McLaurin, mm -hmm. a healthy Samuel, and Jahan Dotson, that they can have a pretty potent offense. Yeah. But they're terrified that they're going to have this guy tear a hamstring, yeah. uh, pull an Achilles, you know, Achilles, whatever the heck happens to this guy. They're terrified. So anytime he has any sort of tweak, they're going to put him on the sideline. Mm -hmm. He'll be on the bike. It's right. troubling, though. There's no doubt about it. Now, yeah. the thing they did with him last year was he he was injured. It was the groin injury. They 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 kind of downplayed it at the beginning of the year, and then they strung it out the entire season, where he was not put on IR. They, he was always just game day inactive. Do you? They can't do that again this year, can they? You, you, you figure if he has that tweak or something, he's got to start the year on the pup. Maybe IR activate him, or, or do you think that this because they're so afraid of of injuring him, but they want him on the field that they're going to string it out again. If there's any kind of lingering issue with him, my guess would be that they're going to have it linger again. Yeah. Well, let's hope this is nothing because right. before today he had been participating in everything. Right. And so there was reason to be optimistic and what you're hearing out of OTAs, they're lining him up all over the field. We saw the success of Debo Samuel. Maybe they're dreaming it's going to be Debo Samuel. You know, this is another thing. This is kind of you're, you're saying you're a, a nerdy analytics guy, uh, Nathan. I, I was just kind of doing the math. Like the, some, some people are going, man, this offense is going to be night and day. We had John Dotson, got Carson Wentz. He could throw the deep ball, stretch the field. And I just said, well, how many plays does an offense have? About 70, 75, maybe 80 mm -hmm. in a game. 
I was like, well, you're going to have half of them are going to be runs. All right. Then you're going to have dump offs to JD McKissick. You're going to have short passes. I, I was just saying, is it really going to be night and day or they're going to be four or five plays where maybe Carson goes to a receiver that Taylor wasn't going to last year. It's not going to be night and day. It's the same offensive coordinator. It's the same head coach. <laughs> it's going to be the same approach. Hopefully when Curtis Samuel catches the ball, he can do something with it yeah. and you have more weapons, but essentially it's going to be the same offense with hopefully better players. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think uh, EB was checking you on that uh, in terms of uh, there might've been a lot of plays that they took out of the book because they knew Taylor could not do that. It's possible, yeah. but it's not like Carson Wentz is going to be dialing up deep balls <laughs> right. every throw. Right, it's not right. going to happen. But if he can do two or three a game, like you were saying, more sure. than Taylor could have, that just, could be just the difference be, in a win it, and a loss. And it's and it's not just because some of those were dialed up. There's, JP, you're absolutely right. Like The playbook's going to be the same. They dialed these up with – Taylor Heineke, if you look at the, the first play of the Dallas game, oh, yeah. I think it was the first one, yep. it was a play-action deep pass to Terry McLaurin. Right. But the ball was horrendously overthrow, so, uh, underthrown, and Diggs had the uh, had the jump on it, was able to defend it, and then Terry McLaurin ended up not having anything uh, for the rest of the game. You look at the touchdown to Cam Sims. That was another deep pass, but it was like a javelin throw coming from Heineke. Uh, these are passes I think that will be, be getting a little bit more simplified. You know, Deami Brown was running deep routes pretty much all year long, open on a few of them, but then the rest of them was like, why are you going to even bother covering a guy 25 yards down the field? Hmm. It's just not, it's not Taylor Heineke's game. So I do think that there it's, you're going to see just those kind of three or four plays difference, but those three to four plays difference could mean they were averaging what 20 points a game last season. Now they're averaging 27 points a game. Like that's a big jump in productivity. You know, maybe it's not, you know, overall statistic wise of the rest of it, you're not looking at much, but I mean, just getting those kind of different, uh, those different scores, you know, if you're looking at red zone, hopefully Logan Thomas does come back, but you got Cole Turner guys big he's saw him in, in training camp i'm six foot four six foot three six foot four in that range he made Bates look small and Bates is like six foot five do you have any kind of love for these big targets that carson wentz does i think it's helpful hey look i'm hoping that carson wentz returns to the form that we saw him when he would torture washington every mm -hmm. time they played each other mm -hmm. when he played washington in the eagles uniform he looked like an MVP. He looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the game. So yeah. is he able to resurrect his career? This is going to be his last chance. If he doesn't do it here in Washington as a starter, it's over. So is he able to resurrect his career and make those plays, not just with his arm. He was unbelievable, like in the pocket, shedding tacklers, making plays with his legs. It's in there. You know what? I'm a terrible golfer. All right. I shoot like 100. But every once in a while, I hit one down the middle. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I get a green in regulation. It's in there. The problem <laughs> is I can't put it together consistently, right. Right? right? So Carson Wentz has a damn good quarterback in him. It's been a while since we've seen it on a consistent basis. But he's got it. Can they unlock the key and find that Carson Wentz that he was in Philadelphia when people were talking about him as an MVP, when he was killing 
the Redskins. Yeah. Killing yeah. them. Absolutely. Look at his game log against Washington. It's unbelievable. Yeah, very, very successful. Almost Dan Jones-like in the fact that it just Dan Jones <laughs> unlocks his best potential against Dan, Who calls him Washington. Dan? I know. I just, Danny Dimes. Dan Jones. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> who's this Dan Jones? Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. Gus Bus here with a question. If Jamison Williams, returning from an ACL tear, has a more productive rookie season than Dotson, did we make a mistake? I'm going to go add in Chris Olave here because, of course, that was the big one. They traded back, and the Saints took Chris Olave. Uh, Jamison Williams, the pick right afterwards. If either of those guys have a big year and Dotson kind of falls flat, do you consider that a mistake? Yeah, if there's a big gap. If Dotson has a really good year and the other guys just happen to have better years, like let's say Dotson has – I think a successful rookie campaign for him would be 60 catches, 800 yards. That'd be amazing. Four or five touchdowns. But the other guy has 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Okay, he's better, but you're happy with Dotson. But if Dotson is like Josh Doxson, okay, Mm -hmm. and Jamison Williams is like Jamar Chase, well, yeah, you made a big mistake. Yeah. And and what about the reports that are coming out of OTAs? that Dotson is turning heads. He's everything that they had hoped he would be. He's catching everything close to him. He's burning the defense. Do you put a lot of stock into that, or do you say, well, four years ago, the same reports were coming out about Josh Dotson? Exactly. And so I put none into it. Yeah. We've argued about this on the show because, you know, if you make an argument and you want to kind of confirm your opinion – You'll take a report. I told you Carson Wentz is looking great in OTAs. Yeah. So I just started Googling random quarterbacks in the league. You know what they're saying about Marcus Mariota? In He's killing it. He looks amazing. <laughs> right. You know what they're saying about Drew Locke in Seattle? He looks great. He has <laughs> command of the offense. It's, it's, it's optimism it's, season. It's, it's, this, it's Now's the time to be happy. Article, and I don't want to rip journalists. I'm not a journalist. Uh, <laughs> people, they got to put out articles every day. Props to you. You got to go to camp and every day come up with something, but it is almost evergreen. I find it very hard. I actually found one to find like negative commentary about a team in OTAs. I actually found it about Deshaun Watson. It wasn't about his sexual harassment case. Mm-hmm. I saw something which said Deshaun was looking terrible. Well, shocker, he has played football in two years. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably not going to play for another year. Uh, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin, the PRF, asks, should Washington be the litmus test for anything? Should, in, should, in should, a, should, should, what? should teams, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to kind of read into know. this, Kevin. So, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is, this is, this is what I'm kind of reading into here. Should teams kind of like look at Washington as a litmus test for anything? Like, you know, we were talking oh, about, I not. talked about how they were a paper, going to be a paper 11 win team yeah. uh, where they, they, they lose against the good teams. Should, should, if, should teams going up against Washington be like, Hey, we were able to run the ball against them, or that's a good thing because they got a good run defense or you know, we all know Washington's not a great team. You, you I mean, JP you picked them to win seven games. So if obviously not a litmus test in that regard, but is there anywhere in this team where they are one of the better, are, are they one of the top five in anything in the NFL? I got one. Tress way. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a damn good punter. So, I mean, he's top five punter, I think. Right. I mean, that 
But I don't know how that's help. a litmus test of anything. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> so not. So my answer would be no no. 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 Never no, at no. all. <laughs> no litmus test. And I don't see them in the top five in any particular in it, category yeah. right now. There's no reason to believe it based on what we saw last year or even the year before. Yeah. And to me, one of the big questions to this year will be, what is the success of Ron Rivera? This is year three. Mm -hmm. In my mind, if you went back to when he was hired, I think by the time you get to year three, your expectations as a fan is we're knocking on the door. We're in the playoffs. Maybe not a Super Bowl team in year three, but ascending, right? Give me a year to basically shake it up and rebuild. That was a surprise year for the Washington football team, whatever they were a couple of years ago. And then year two, you're supposed to be ascending. Year mm -hmm. three, you got to be there. That's in my right. Mind. So I think, look, he, he's married to Carson Wentz. If it works out with Wentz, then I guess it'll work out for Rivera. But I'm starting to have my doubts. We all talked about this. Everybody's talked about it. You just look at his record. Look at the winning seasons. And it's starting to pile up now with losing seasons. And I think he's a good guy. Um, I think there are a lot of positive things that come from Ron Rivera. But it's all about the record. Mm -hmm. So he better get this team winning. Or you better have a really good feeling. Let's say they miss the playoffs this year. Let's say they come just short uh, of your 10 and 7, Stone. Right? Let's say they're 9 and 8. Um, but a left-handed interception like keeps them from the then playoffs. They got to get there next year, like that, you know. But I, I really think they got to get there this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I've been saying this for a while that now that if they don't at least win nine games, I think you got to start over because it's just another losing season. You just can't keep doing this over and over and over again and expect different results, right? You know, the definition Correct. of insanity. And they're set up for it. that too, by the way, because not restructuring Wentz is setting them up for if they have a bad season, if right. Carson Wentz doesn't look like the guy, right. you cut him next year. No, you you paid twenty eight million this year, but then you can start fresh next year. And I think but if you're starting coach, fresh right? next year, yeah, if you're starting yeah. fresh next year, you you should start yeah. fresh with a new new coach. The Washington Commanders came out with game themes. Uh, this week, and Gus Bus has this question: Wouldn't the alumni homecoming game against the Packers be the perfect time to surprise Sonny Jurgensen with a jersey retirement ceremony? Everyone he loved, organization wide, uh, would be there already. I think any time would be a great time to have mm. that ceremony. He's one of the beloved members of the organization. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Like we started doing this radio show. 26 years ago now. And when we started with WJFK at the time, they had the rights to the Washington Redskins games. And we got to meet Sonny in the booth. He was just this larger than life figure, always smoking a cigar, big smile on his face. Everybody loves the guy. So, of course, yes, against the Packers or any game, I think would be great. Yeah, I agree that it's something that's long overdue. They need, they need to get that done uh, ASAP. One, one other thing from uh, camp today that got overshadowed by all the uh, Jack Del Rio, the JDR news today. Um, uh, Deron Payne was a no-show at camp today, right? And that was his first time he's missed camp. 
the voluntary uh, OTAs. Um, Coach Rivera said he will be there next week at the mandatory camp. Is this something that's going to be an issue through training camp this year? If he shows up next week, I'm inclined to believe he wants to get paid and will be there. Um, You know, when Chase Young didn't show up to the first round of OTAs, people were wondering about him Mm -hmm. on our show. Some people were calling him a diva. And the head coach said, I've been talking to him. He's going to show up. He was kind of vague. Like, I didn't necessarily believe Ron Rivera. And then Chase Young showed up. So, not a big deal. So this may not be a big deal as well. I wouldn't go crazy about it. Um, I think the likelihood that he's a member of the organization next year is probably low. I think he would love to get some sort of extension, and clearly they don't want to give it to him. They chose John Allen. Yeah. Rightfully so, in my opinion, but I might be a touch bias. <laughs> the the uh, Going back to the, the themes, the, the game themes, is there anything that really stood out to you? We we liked it in the idea that they're trying to improve the fan experience, but there was one particular thing that we had an issue with. But for you, was there anything that kind of stood out? Not really. Um, curious about the mascot. What is that? On January 1st, they're going to unveil the mascot? Yep. Yeah, like second um, to last game. Uh, yeah, they're they're the going to try a blackout. I think that's the Vikings game against Kirk. Yep. Military mm-hmm. salute to service game, yep. You always wonder if there are going to be people there. That's the problem. <laughs> right, it's always the problem. I, yeah. Thank goodness you guys didn't talk about the stadium stuff, but you know, mm. who knows what's going to happen there? It seems like nobody really wants to build a stadium in their state or their district. Yeah. The the one particular thing we had an issue with was actually the whiteout game. Okay. Last game of the season against Dallas just seems maybe not as well thought out. One. Dallas has a prominent uniform, like they white is kind of prominent on their uniform. Uh, so, you know, is it really kind of going to give that kind of home field advantage? I know all teams have that white jersey, that, but uh, for them, it feels a little bit more at home. Uh, granted, FedEx feels like home for them anyways. Uh, plus, it's a winter game and uh, we had t- uh, tailgate Ted on and he brought he brought up this. Who has a white jacket? Who's bringing a white jacket to like an yeah, early January game? So, you know, that's the one that we're I kind of like. I eh. My wife has about five of them, but you're right. <laughs> Guys tend not to have them. Right. I mean, that, my wife yeah. has so many. I was like, don't you have two of these? Oh, no, this one has a hood. The other one doesn't have a hood. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Well, JP, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, of course. Technical difficulties early. Um, no always problem. love having uh, some time with you guys. You guys have a fun show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and we appreciate you. We know you got to get to uh, game threes coming up in about 30 minutes. And you're going to be up all night watching that, right? I don't know, man. My, my, I, I was a big Luca guy. Like, my heart was kind of taken there. I was kind of yeah. grasping at the Dallas Mavericks making a run. Um, this series, this is an evergreen complaint. I'm a big NBA guy. And during the playoffs, Almost every night you have a game. It's kind of like when the Caps have gone on a run, like every, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden when you get to the NBA Finals, you get all this momentum. I've been watching the playoffs for six weeks. Then there's like a week off. Then there's <laughs> right. a game. Then there's like two days off. Then there's a game. Then another two days off. Yeah. It feels like it's taken forever now since the conference finals. 
Yeah. And the nine but, o'clock. You know what? I'm not disciplined. You're probably right. I'll <laughs> You'll say I'm going to turn it off at halftime, right? That's yeah. No. I think. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to turn it off at halftime. And then I say, like, ah, let me just watch like one series. <laughs> and if the game's close, then I end up staying up late. But a lot of well, these games haven't been close. No, they haven't been close. Yeah. Third, third quarter, you're going to you're gonna turn it off in the third quarter thinking it's going to blow out, and then the other team's going to come back. And you're going to wonder why you ever went to bed in the first place, and then you'll have to catch all of game four. Of course, you can catch JP Flame on 106.7 The Fan. He's part of the Junkies, the legendary Junkies. You can also, there's a special going on for Still Barking, if I uh, can recall correctly. We're going to get signed it's books if you order. It's tweaked a little bit. So let me just throw okay. this out there. So I had a special where I had all the boys from the show and our two producers personalize it, meaning they didn't just sign it, but personalize it to each of the first 50. So it was a Father's Day edition, 50 books. Those sold out in two days. So now for Father's Day, I'm saying I will personalize the rest of the books purchased here thereafter. But I'll tell you the truth. I have two boxes left. After uh -oh. that, I'm farming it all out to Amazon. But for now, <laughs> you can buy on stillbarking.com. But once I'm done with these two boxes, this is kind of inside geeky. I would buy the books and then I was shipping them to the people that were buying the books. Mm -hmm. um, quite frankly, because I make more money that way. Yeah. Amazon would take a bigger piece of the pie if I just said, go buy it on Amazon. So I actually disincentivized people from buying on Amazon. The price on Amazon is much higher. It's $35 versus 28. But the shipping business, it's not yeah. fun. Right. <laughs> I got to print labels. I got to, you know. Just got to carry takes, them boxes. It just takes a while, all right? Yeah. It's not hard work. A lot of people have real jobs and work hard, all right? But I'm sick of putting labels <laughs> and going to the post office every day. I've been blessed. Sold over 4,200 books. Maybe it's around 4,300 wow. now. It's been great. And most people have liked the book. Um, I appreciate it. Is that a sound effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, heard all. we got the, we got a, got a you whole. Saw, you saw our, here. uh, you saw our commercial, right? Our Pacers, uh, commercial. I, I know you're, you're big into running. Uh, you're still running with, uh, Farley and, uh, or you know, getting the, yeah, with that yeah, accountability yeah. group. A little bit, like me, Farley, and, and this other guy, Richmond John, who's been a big supporter of the show. We kind of go back and forth in text. So guilt works. Uh, my mom's not alive anymore, but I will tell you. She was a big proponent of guilt, whether it was <laughs> you haven't visited me lately, you don't call me enough, uh, you haven't been to church. Guilt makes you do things, right? So the accountability group, you see one guy went running like, ah, I guess I, I better do it. Two days, I got to go and do it. Um, so, yeah, I did see the Pacer spot. And I thought I heard a sound effect earlier, but I thought maybe it was my phone and technical difficulties. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate the applause. Uh, Stillbarking.com. I will personalize all the books. Before Father's Day, I think I have about 35 or 40 left. And then, like I said, the book will still be out there for people to buy. It'll just be uh, on Amazon. Straight straight from Amazon. All right. Exactly. Well, you heard it here. You got to get it from JP himself. Get it personalized before Father's Day. Just uh, about 40 books left there. So make sure you get that. Make sure you tune in to the Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. When we come back, it's going to be Commander's Grab Bag with the Sonar and I. JP, thanks for joining us. And we hope to have you on again sometime in the future. Yep. Anytime. Thanks, JP.